Amen. Feel free to grab a seat at this time. Thanks for singing along. You guys sounded great today. Did you know that? That was fun. That was fun. All right. So uh, how's everybody's week, Lake Point? Did you have a good week? Yeah, make, make it through some storms, a couple power outages. Yeah, anyone have to go through that uh, uh, rigmarole? Yeah, okay, so my week was crazy, just like off the wall crazy. I mean, I had crazy weeks in the summer because it was fun. I had some crazy weeks in the summer because uh, it, it was work. Uh, this, this, this particular uh, week in summer was crazy because it was just all over the board. Have you ever felt like I'm trying to live in two different worlds at the same time, and I wish we could just pick one or the other? No one else? All right. Okay, so this, this illustration is going to be great for me. All right, so like, I, I hate being divided. I, I hate being in two spots and torn between different stuff. And what was going on this week is uh, uh, I, I lost a tree in my yard. And uh, it, it's kind of a big deal because it's a big tree, and it's in the middle of the yard, and uh, it, it, it wasn't like this quick fix sort of deal. It's all happening in, in layers and, and, and processes. So, like, here, here's how it started. A, a week ago, Friday night, I am there sitting on my, my back patio porch. And this is, this, is like, this is like my bri space, right? The kids there are doing TV. I'm not actually sure where Melissa is, but I'm sitting on the patio just kind of watching the storm roll in. And right there in front of me, like, crack. Crack, 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 crack. It takes five seconds, and then a third of my tree just, whoof, just drops down in front of me, right next to my patio, right next to my house. Didn't hit anything, but like, this is going to be fun, fun Saturday right now, right? Because I had plans with the kids. I had plans to, to, to hang out and do some stuff. All gone. It's now a couple friends, chainsaws and uh, sawdust all Saturday afternoon. A couple days go by. I think it was Tuesday night. It's all kind of blurring to, together to me. I'm in my sleeping world, right? Like, I am asleep. And then at 12.30 in the morning, we Energies is back in their bucket truck up past my bedroom window on into my backyard where another third of my tree fell, this time on the power line side. Okay, so I, I go from Saturday fun to Saturday sawdust. Now I'm doing... Now Wednesday morning, 12.30 a.m., sleeping, to now I'm hanging out with We Energies, wondering what the heck's going on with this tree. And as the rest of the week proceeds, uh, it, it turns into, hey, I'm supposed to be getting this amount of work done here, but now this guy who's going to come give me an estimate on cutting my tree down is now moving me over here, so i got to leave work early. I tell him, just, just cut the whole thing down. Let's do the firework uh, the, the fireworks, firewood. It feels like fireworks. Let's do the firewood bit, uh, and then, and but then I got my mom saying it's a black walnut tree, Brian. So it's got to be worth something. So the next thing you know, I'm answering emails here and doing Facebook Marketplace over there. Uh, good news is someone does want to buy the trunk. The bad news is it's not nearly as much as mom was telling me it was going to be. And so I'm out this Saturday now hanging out with my kids, doing something fun again, living in that world. And then this guy who's going to take this giant trunk is now saying, hey, I'm at your house already. I'm like, dude, it's two hours earlier than I said I'd be there. He's like, yeah, but I'm in your yard right now. And it's like, it just got old living in two different worlds, back and forth, back and forth. It's like, here's normal life over here, and, and here's the deal with the tree over there. Half and half, all the time. And I bet you got some places in your life that feel like that too, where if it could just stay the way 
you set up normal to be, it'd be great. And then here's the other version that's going on over here. And if we really took an honest inventory, I, I bet you we'd say sometimes that that's how it is with us and Jesus too. You, you got this baseline of normal with Jesus. You, you, you want to do the church thing and the missional community relationships and open your prayer life and have a conversation with God and open your Bible and read uh, from him. And then, I don't know, put Caleb on and the radio, whatever you're going to do, right? All, all the Christian stuff over here. But then there's this, this, this other life and everything that's screaming and it, it feels like it takes you to a whole other world over there. And it's not just a time thing and an activity thing. Like, like if you and I go a little bit deeper, I mean, this does go deeper, a, a lot deeper, where there's some days where I know that you and I would just say, we are just so full in, in the things of Christ. Like, I am alive inside of him. He is completely filling me up. And then another day comes around, and we're just like, binging on food and binging on TV and drinking so much, and you're just like, why, why am I filling my life with all that other stuff if I'm so full in Christ? There are some days that you are so confident in the way that Jesus sees you. That is your identity. That marks you off. And there are other days where you're so self-conscious with the way everyone else sees you. Anxiety. People-pleasing. Some days you can be so in God's word and in God's truth, and then another hour goes by, and then you're so into spreading just like, just like stinging words about other people or listening to what other people are saying about others. And Jesus, you can feel like God has made you the world's greatest husband, greatest father, greatest wife, greatest mother, greatest man, greatest woman, and the next moment you feel like you're just letting everyone down. And you're no good to anyone. You can be so pure in Jesus and so downright dirty on your own. It's just like half in and, and, and half out. It's like we got these two different worlds, and, and we keep shifting back and forth. We have this baseline of what we want in, inside of Jesus. It's not like we're not working at it. It's not like we're trying. I'm, I'm guessing pretty much everyone in this room, most of us are trying really hard to stay inside the things of God, but it's like there's this other world that, that calls to us, and we put our feet over there. What, what, what gives? What is that all about, and what are we supposed to do about it? Uh, we're we're going to go over to the, the scriptures today, uh, a, a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Rome. Paul was just running around planting churches all over the place. And when he wrote to Rome, he hadn't visited there yet. And so he really just kind of unloads everything he possibly could say about all the big topics. And that's, that's what I'm going to read for you out of Romans chapter 6. Uh, I want to invite you to stand with me uh, for, for the reading of God's word. And here it is, Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. 
Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. And all God's people said... Actually, they said, like, what, what the heck did we just cover there? There are so many pieces and so many different words. You can grab a seat right now uh, at this time. Like, what that sounds, this is about as technical as biblical languages get. All right? Like, I feel like I'm back in chemistry class where what Paul is doing is wanting to make sure we know all the elemental compounds that go into the reaction of having Christ in our life. And he's throwing it all in there. And he's like, you got two of these things and three of these, but they combine with the other. And, um, let me be honest, that, that's been hard for me to take in this week, uh, getting ready for you. Um, and so we're going to just go back through those lines, cover little pieces here and there. And the, the biggest one I want to draw attention to that, that I feel like really caps it off is verse 11, about being dead to sin and alive in Christ. In other words, not having to be half and half, not choosing two different worlds, but getting into one world. It says it differently in verse 7 and 8. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we'll also live with him. So again, it's this dead to sin, alive to Christ. Dead to sin, alive to Christ. This is not going to come out as a five-step plan. This isn't going to be eight keys to successful living. It's just getting outside of the dual world of being pulled in two directions and getting settled in to one place that is inside the life of Christ for us. And uh, so in, in case uh, the, the whole chemistry experiment that Paul's running isn't making sense to you, um, I'm going to break it down a little bit simpler. All right? This is you today. All right, a little, little fluffy tennis ball. Just like, like roll with me on this, okay? Uh, th- this is how it's, it's going to be. Um, and uh, in and of ourselves... Without Christ entering our life, without the Son of God being sent for people like you and I, you and I are in this thing called sin. I don't know if you can see on the side. Like I wrote sin. These are super sophisticated props. I was out 7.30 p.m. at Menards before it closed last night. Just for all of you. I hope, I hope, I hope you're thankful. All right? We're in sin. That's how we are. And that's how God sees us. Now, don't get bent on shape when God calls you a sinner because uh, you're, you're in the same bucket just with the, the rest of us. Just because you might be better than me, being better than me, doesn't mean that you are actually good. We are all in this thing called sin. Now, while it's reassuring that we're all in the, the same boat together, what is unreassuring is that we are outside of the things of God. And our scriptures tell us that, that to be in sin is to be in death. When you are in sin, it, it will kill the relationships that you have in your life. When you're in sin, it will kill your purpose and 
what would be a meaningful place for being born into this world. When you are in sin, it will kill your integrity. When you're in sin, it, it ultimately kills you, period. What, what happens after death is death, death. It's a separation from God. It's this place called hell. This is, this is bad stuff, right? And this is what we are in, in in of ourselves. But it doesn't stop there. When you are in sin, sin has its way with you. I do not have to explain this a lot because you all know how it works. When you are in this thing called sin, it starts guiding the way you think about stuff. Not only did a hurt happen to you, but you're now translating how you're going to go back and hurt someone else because they hurt you first. When you start seeing something, you're looking at it from a a vantage point of sin. Sin is taking you into what would be a wrong picture with your eyes of, of what's right there in front of you. Sin starts moving your feet where it wants you to go. Sin starts moving your hands on what it wants you to change. Sin starts changing things in your heart. That's what happens when you're in sin. It's moving you here. It's moving you there. It's not just your choice. At one point, you were making choices of what you wanted to do with your life. But when you got into the sin, and sin got you, and it started going around. Am I explaining this the wrong way? Tell me that's not how sin works. It's taking on a life of its own. I'm I'm pretty sure that that we would all say just that. It's become our master. We've become the slaves. Again, going back to the scriptures, this is what it's saying. Verse 6, we should no longer be slaves to sin. That's a huge word. You're in slavery right now when you're in sin. It, It owns you. It does what it wants with you. Verse 12, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body. you got a king, and it's, it's in charge. It's sin. Or verse 14, for sin shall no longer be your master. It's, it's mastering you. And it sounds so much easier said than done. Verse 14, it's, it's not going to be your master anymore. But how? How do, how do we get there where we're not just being enslaved and moved here, there, everywhere by this thing called sin? It's verse 4 and 5. We therefore were buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Again, it's dead to sin, alive in Christ. Dead to sin, alive in Christ. So what happens is is, is Jesus Christ, the, the, the Son of God given for us in all his righteousness and in all his power and in taking the place for us, he delivers us out of sin, of being in sin, to now being in him. He has the power to hold us there. He has the power to get us out of the sin bucket over there. And so now that's where we are. Verse 6 also says, your body of sin has been done away with. You are no longer slaves to this thing called sin. So whereas sin used to get to move your eyes where it wanted to go and get your thoughts ruminating on what it wanted to do, it can't do that anymore because you are in Christ. And now when God the Father looks at you, does he see you? Does anyone see the tennis ball? No. All he sees is Christ. This is such a huge thing for, uh, for, for us to understand, is that to see you, he has to see his son in all his righteousness, in all his perfection, in all his faithfulness. God the Father, what he is looking at right now is you, because you are in Christ by your faith in him. That's how it works. 
At least that's how it can work. The fact of the matter is, uh, some of us in this room, I, 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 you know what I love about Lake Point? There's not a lot of pretense in this room. I, I don't know if it's because we're a non-denominational church, so we don't have traditions built up, or I don't know if it's because we're uh, only an eight-year-old church, and so we just don't have much of a history. But it, just, it doesn't feel like the traditional church-going pretending is happening around here. I feel like so many of you, you're just flat-out honest. About, I love these people. I love the connections. I, I love the relationships. I'm just not sure about the Jesus part yet. Right? And, and, and that's fair. A lot of us are in this spot of honestly saying, you know what? I'm not sure I'm ready to make this move because back there in the sin bucket, there, there's, there's a couple things that I love over there. And I'm not 100% sure I'm willing to get outside of that. I, I'm not sure that that's the choice I'm, I'm going to make. And I, I, now I'm not going to sit here today and, and try to just like shine Jesus up and make him fancy enough for, for you to see that he's, he's better than that. I just I, Let me just ask the question. You have to answer for yourself. Is this really working for you? Or did it work for a while? Did you choose it at one point? And, it, and did it shift to the slavery thing? Is it owning you where you used to own it and you're having trouble getting out of it and you don't like what it does to you and you don't like how it spills to your relationship? Is this really working for you? Some of us are just hesitant to make the choice because it's playing for keeps and there's still stuff back in that bucket we're thinking maybe we want to hold on to. And then for others of us who do believe, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in Christ, okay? We still struggle to, to, to really believe it. Uh, what, what verse was it? Um, uh, verse 3. Uh, I like how it says in verse 3. Don't you know? Don't you know? I, I, I don't know, God's a youper now or something like that. Uh, don't, don't, don't you know, they're, 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 they're like, like this is who you are. Like, can you remember this? Can you get your head around it? Can you just live inside of the fact that, that, that you are in Christ? Can you remember that? And the fact of the matter is we, we don't. We, we, we don't always remember that we're in Christ. Uh, a, a lot of times we, we feel the draw of sin in our life and, and, and then we end up over here where, where, where we catch a thought that takes us in the wrong direction and then now we're back over here. And we're like, well, that was wrong. I don't, I don't want to be over here. What I really want is the things of Jesus. So, oh man, I'm going I'm to open my Bible and I'm going to pray a little bit more and I'm going to get my head back over to the, to the way things of Jesus are and I'm going to put myself in, in, in that bucket over there. But that was great. You did your 20-minute quiet time in the morning. The problem is there's a lot more hours to the day. So when those hours come by and you go to work and the regular email and the regular people that you just can't always stand and you're like, oh, I'm thinking something about them right now. What, what happened to this over here? I, I just stopped thinking about it. All right. And then there are other days where we're like, man, I could be like the best husband in the world. I'm holding conversations with Melissa on all the topics that she is interested in. And I'm doing the dishes without her having to ask me five different times. Like I, I'm a world-class husband here, right? Until she's not saying thanks, then so I'm gonna march myself over here, and well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear you again, and that's you're just gonna have to figure out how to do the dishes on your own. Some days I'm so good, at, like I'm even like a Christian driver, right? I'm on the speed limit, not just because I saw a cop on the corner, but I'm like doing that, and I'm polite, and I'm 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 calm, like I deserve a Jesus fish on the back of my bumper sticker because I'm driving inside of Christ. But the next thing you moment, I got like 
Someone's going like two miles an hour in front of me, slowing down, and I'm a hurry. And a good thing my windows are up, but there's still words coming out in that car that are not in Christ. They're, they're inside of sin. And then you go back to like, I'm valuing the relationships around me. And then the people I treat worse is my family because they have to live with me, whether they, they, they like it. Or, or not. And there's sometimes where I'm just like generous with Peru and, and, and the church and the things of God. And I see a billion people's lives. And there are other times where I'm like, I'm in my 42 year old midlife crisis. And I just got to prop up this image thing with what money can do. So I'm going to drop it here. And it's just like, how long can this keep going? One day I'm over here. The next day I'm back over there. Let's be honest, it ain't just a daily thing, right? Like I'm hanging out here for a couple hours, spend one hour back over here, and then I'm trying to like white knuckle this back over to being where it's supposed to be inside of Christ. And I can't seem to ever hold it there on my own. And I end up back in sin and I'm exhausted. Who's living this way? Whoever gets tired of it. And we're destined to keep playing this bucket game back and forth if we think that what, what we have is based on holding our heart in the right place and holding our effort consistently enough. God help us if we think that's how it's going to be because the bucket game keeps going and going. Instead, here's what God has for us. It's a whole other shift. Verse 2, we are those who have died to sin how can we live in it any longer? And uh, I'll tell you how I used to read that line. And by used to, I'm, I'm not talking like 10 years ago, 20, when I wasn't a pastor. I'm talking like one or two years ago. Right? I used to read that line like, you died in Christ. How dare you, Brian, live in it in, in any longer? Aren't you thankful for my son? Can't you show an ounce of faithfulness to me the way I've been to you? Just what would happen to me in any moment of sin was this is profound washing of disappointment. Of I've disappointed my father, God, in heaven all over again. That's what it feels like, right? But, but here's how it goes, okay? Two things you got you to get here, okay? Number one, there's this thing called love. And you know even at our level how love works Love lets you pass over someone else's faults, right? Like, so if you're married or dating or had any significant relationship in your life at any point, and they say something snarky at you, don't you, and they're, they're like, just, just like took the relationship in the wrong direction, right? Have you ever given them a pass? You know, they send something mean over in that direction, you held them right here, and, and you give them a pass because there was this thing called love. I can still love you like you're still here, even though you did something Wrong. That, that, that's what love does to people, right? My, one of my sons, I'm not going to use his name, I'm going to keep it in his ear, right? He works so hard at school, works so hard at sports. I see him open Bible, works so hard with Jesus and friends and all of that sort of stuff. But the man, whenever he gets home, he just takes off articles of clothes and leaves them anywhere. His shirt is in the living room. His socks are on my kitchen table. I like, I'm just like... the. Do you have any clothes left? And why can you not put it? And he gets a pass. I have to move. As I'm moving the socks over for my bowl of cereal, I just think, man, do I love this kid. I'm going to talk to him about where I want him to change. But it doesn't change my love for him. Love holds people 
in the same spot even when they're getting it wrong. When you start to realize that that is what God does with you, even if you had an act over here, he will still hold you in Christ over here by his love and because you claimed your faith in him. And when you also appreciate, this is the second one that holds you over there. There's power to the cross. That wasn't a walk through the park. The Son of God came down from heaven, lived our life all those years in complete righteousness, and went to a cross with our sins on him to deal with it once and for all. Okay, that's, that's what our text says here. Verse 8, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. These are permanent terms. That, that is not a, these are permanent terms. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, we cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but he lives, but the life he lives, he lives to, to God. And in other words, that which Christ did was permanent. Okay? There's nothing that could be added or subtracted from the death of Christ. It's, it's done. The power of it has already taken place. And if it's that powerful, it's also that powerful for you. Verse 11, in the same way, in the same way, everything that Christ did, he did once and for all, in the same way, count yourselves dead to this thing called sin over here and alive to this thing called Christ Jesus over there. Do not, therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. It's out of that understanding that, 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 that you're there. And, and so what God does in the permanence of Christ, so thoroughly deals with sin, so irrevocably places you in his son that he puts the lid over it, puts it down, and says, that's where it stays. That's where it stays. We're, we're, we're done. Okay, now, I, I understand this. All right, just, just because you were dead to sin, appreciate that sin itself is not dead. So, so sin's going to try to mess with you, right? But to get to you, you're not a tiny little tennis ball anymore. You're, you are sealed in Christ. So it might come at you, but, but you are still in him. Also, there's a magnetic pull to this thing called sin. So some days you're going to have a thought. And it's going to be a sin thought. Uh, someday you're going to say something. And it's going to be a sin to say that something. There's a magnetic pull of sin. The Bible calls it temptation, right? But to understand this, just because part of you is being tempted, that's actually evidence that you are holy in Christ. It's just a part of you. It's not the condition of who you are and where you are. It's just a part that's moving in that, that, that direction or being pulled on in that time. The whole of you is over there. That's why Paul says, aware of this, verse 13, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. Okay, you know how when you're writing a letter, like, you get to the important stuff first and the extras at the end? This is the end of the section. So we cover the important part of you being in Christ, and now he's making the concession. Yeah, okay, so part of you is going to be pulled in the direction of sin. You're going to feel the magnetic temptation, all right? Just, just don't go with it. And even if you do, you're still in Christ. Do not mistake the part for the whole. 
Again, when you are in the love of Christ, even if your behavior moves, the love of Christ still holds you right back there in the spot, and the cross of Christ was powerful enough to hold you right there inside of him. Never, ever mistake the part of you that's feeling the temptation, and then honestly, that gives in to the temptation and sins. Never mistake that for the whole of where you are at, irrevocably, in Jesus. His gospel still holds you there. And that leg point, that's, that is the gospel. That's, that's the sum of it all. And uh, the gospel's good news. That, that's literally how it translates. It's, it's good news. And, and, and what, what is it that we do with good news? Uh, we hear it, but when you really got good news, you, you pass it along, don't you? Um, I, I remember uh, when, when, when my first child was born, Okay. Uh, we, were, we had a family of two, and now we're, we're jumping over to be a family of three. And there's no amount of that nine months of knowing that a kid is coming and painting the nursery and buying little pack and plays and bottles and all sorts of stuff. There's no amount of any of that that actually prepares you for that moment when a new member of family, your I didn't think that was going to happen there, a uh, new member of your family is, is, is breathing the air in the same room with you, you know? It was huge. It was amazing. And I just had to tell everyone, and this is going to date me, right? Okay, but there was no such thing called Facebook then, or if it was, it was just like on the college campuses, and uh, texting involved like hitting the number two, three times if you wanted the letter C. I'm like, that was a long darn process. I'm not repeating that. So I actually had to go personally connect, make a phone call to everyone that I cared about, because I had a son, and I wanted everyone to know. And I made sure, I made it around to absolutely everyone who meant something to me knew that I had a new person in my family. And then when the three of us turned to four, I did it all over again. And when four of us turned to five, I did it all over again. This, this time, though, social media was helping me out. And I'm, I'm making a post when we're at the doctor, we're at the hospital, and oh, it's, it's, it's the false delivery, whatever. And Melissa's like, quit posting nonsense and get me back home. But these are the big days. You just don't get many days that are that big in this, this little life we get. And so when you get them, you, you tell everybody all about it. Let me, let me tell you right here, that the, the, the day you're, you're done playing the bucket game on your life, that, that's a big day. And it's worth talking about. And it's worth telling everyone else that, that I'm finally, I'm, 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 I'm dead to this thing called sin. And I'm a, a, alive in Christ. And that, uh, that, that proclamation, that, that, that new breaking news to everyone that matters to you, uh, that, that's what a baptism is all about. I don't know if you caught that word as we were reading through this text, but it kept popping up. And this is God's way of, of passing the good news along. Verse 3 and 4, look at it again. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And so everyone in the New Testament, everyone who would put their faith in Jesus, what they would do is they'd gather friends together, gather family, people who knew Jesus, people who did not yet know Jesus, and they'd make this public proclamation by going down underneath the water, symbolizing a death, saying, I am dead to sin, 
put me down on the surface. You're, you're here for my memorial today. But then we brought him back up out of the water and said, but I'm alive in Christ Jesus. There's no back and forth because one's dead and, and, and the other's alive. And anytime someone did that, uh, another person got to know about Jesus. And maybe even more importantly, the person who made that choice, they got to say, that's who I really am. And I'm not going back. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you this. There are going to be days that you forget. There are going to be days where the voice of sin in your life sounds a lot louder than anything you're hearing coming out of Jesus. This, this guy's got a megaphone right here. And, and it seems so clear and so compelling. And you're getting pulled and you're like, where the heck is Jesus? Maybe I'm back in the sin bucket all over again. Come to think of it, maybe I was never in the Christ bucket to begin with. Maybe I didn't really believe. I, got, I wouldn't be struggling if I was really in Christ. Maybe, maybe it never happened. What you need and what Jesus knew you were going to need is a day to look back on and say, nope. Remember when I got the friends together? Remember when I got my family together? Remember when I stood in front of all those people and I said, dead to sin, alive to Christ. And I got the little, got the little photo on my, my bookshelf now, right, of the, of the whole day. I made the choice. The choice is done. Sin might be hollering loudly at me today, but I'm always in Christ Jesus. That's why I think Jesus gave us baptism. You know, it's, it's funny because Jesus was not into ceremonies. Jesus was not into traditions, but he gave us this ceremony and this tradition because he knew people like you and I were going to need it to anchor us down in what we have with him. I assure you, baptism is not what's going to save you. It's Jesus who saves you. It's your baptism that just holds that reminder close to him. And so whether you've been a follower of Jesus now for 10 years or 100 years, 10 months or maybe even just the past 10 minutes, baptism is for anyone who's saying, I'm tired of living in two worlds. I'm tired of half and half. I'm tired of going back and forth. And I want to say it with the finality that Christ has said it over me, that I am dead to sin and I'm alive in him. That's what baptism's for. And if that's you, because you haven't been baptized... And that is where your heart is at. You're, you're, you're in luck. You're invited. Two weekends from t- right now, we're doing baptisms at Lake Point Church. Well, not here at Lake Point Church. We're taking it out to the park, Muskego Park, Saturday night. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a Saturday night full of, of praise worship towards Jesus. And we're going to lift him up. And then after a good hour of that, we're going to take you on over uh, just uh, the watering hole at Muskego County Park. We're going to we're going to walk from that pavilion site on over there. And anyone who wants to get baptized, we'll, we'll give you a chance. We're asking you, is Jesus the leader and savior of your life? And if you say yes, we baptize you and we say dead to sin and alive in Christ as we do so. There's a spot on the events page. If, um, <clears throat> if you want to let us know that you're planning on it, just go there. We also give you something to, to, to think about, a little a couple questions and scriptures for you to take on your own personal time to sift it out with Jesus. It's just, if you're in that spot, don't wait till you got it all figured out. And wait till you got yourself all fixed. If you just want to declare where you're at with him, then, then baptism is the spot for it. I'll also add, even if you were baptized as an infant, uh, appreciate what your parents were doing here, okay? We're, we're not covering over it. We're saying that what your parents did for you when they baptized you when you were young and little 
as they marked you off in Christ, fully intent and fully knowing that one day you are going to have to choose him on your own. And if you are now at that spot of choosing him on your own, there's no better way to say it than with a baptism. Okay, so that's the first part of it. Secondly, I want to say, uh, parents, uh, this is in your lap with, with your kids. As we've talked about it and explained it today, that's, that's on you as a mom and dad raising kids in Christ to have this conversation with them. I don't, I don't know the magic time. seems like the, a lot of conversations happen in that turn from elementary school years to, to middle school, but some kids before jump into the conversation, some, some are after. The timing doesn't matter. As long as you as mom and dad are saying, son, daughter, we're, we're trying to share the things of Jesus with you. When you're ready, when it's your choice, we're not making this choice to you. We might drag you in the car next Sunday morning and make you to come to church all over again. That's our choice. But your choice is when you want to say, this, this counts for you, when Jesus means that to you. And if that's then, tell them that, hey, in a couple weeks it's happening. Third, I want to say that if you've got people in your life that you've been a disciple maker for, Someone's growing in Jesus through you. We've been talking a lot about that. I know it's early. Maybe it's not happening yet, but if it is, then it's, it's also on you to, to talk about baptism. If you want to talk about the whole of what Jesus has for someone, you've got to tell your friend, this is, this is how you proclaim it best. And if you want help, I'll, I'll even be there to do your baptism. That's what you tell your friend. But fourth and finally, I want to say, talk about this in our missional communities. Okay, this is so important to, to do. I, I know a lot of you are on this uh, uh, summer break kind of thing, but you're still doing backyard parties, and even if you're not in the next two weeks, you can still call each other up. This is important enough that all of us ought to be asking each other, hey, have you been baptized before? Well, here's where I'm at with it, and here's what I'm seeing in your life, and tell me what you're seeing in my life, and you talk about your questions uh, about Jesus, and you talk about what God's been stirring up in you, and then you start talking about, like, are you stuck in the bucket game? back and forth, back and forth. And is, is this the year? Is there any reason that this year shouldn't be the year where we say that I'm done? And I just want to say that I'm in Christ. Say, so, hey, I'm just asking. I'm, I'm just saying. Talk, talk it up amongst yourselves. This, this is your journey. This is what you got with Jesus. This church gets nothing out of how many people get baptized. It's just what you got with Jesus. If that's if you're there or someone in your life is there, then talk it up these next two weeks. And come back then to make a declaration over your life in the same fashion that Christ has already declared it over you, that you're dead to sin, that you're alive in Christ. And so if you're ready to proclaim that, we'll see you back in two weeks at the park. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you for everything that you've given. You gave it all up to, to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. We were helpless in our sin. And to be quite honest, a lot of, a lot of days we, we still feel helpless in our sin right now. We can't save. We've done the work. And it doesn't work. And so God, I pray that you'd stir up our hearts and give us the sureness of faith in you that we are dead to sin, that we are alive in you. And no matter how many times those sins call us back 
And even for the times that we, that we give in and say, yes, I pray that we'd irrevocably find ourselves inside of, our, inside of your love by the power of what you did on the cross. It counted for us back then and it still counts for us today. And so we praise you with all that we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.